Welcome to season four of the Digital Download Podcast, and thank you so much for tuning in. This season, we're going to be addressing head-on some of the biggest questions facing digital communicators at the present time. We're going to look at whether artificial intelligence not only could but should have as big an impact as has been talked about. We're going to look at the transparency issue with regard to influencers. We're going to look at social purpose. And we're going to look at what the implications of a cashless society are. But we're starting off with Facebook. They've become totemic of the harm that social media does, of a divided society, of corporate greed, of tax dodging, of data manipulation, of fair value of data, of breach of privacy. I mean, these are pretty much the biggest issues of the 21st century. And Facebook are effectively the villain in that regard. Chris Blackwood is Managing Director of PR Agency Third City, and like me, he has some pretty strong views on the current state of Facebook, both from a personal and a professional perspective, and the way trust has eroded to such a huge extent. Very important stakeholders in in government don't believe them anymore. The public are finding it difficult to to believe what they say. That's threatening them as a a corporate organisation, and I think that's why... Facebook group, they'll thrive or survive depending on how they can navigate this corporate crisis that they're going through. And they they need to rebuild trust. And it needs to be more than just the ad campaign that we saw last year and the sorry letters in in the newspapers. It needs to be more sustained. And it basically needs to boil down to them doing the right thing. Even since this podcast was recorded, there have been several developments in this story. So please hang around at the end for a quick update. But in today's show, Chris and I are going to try and answer one very big question. Are we seeing the beginning of the end for Facebook? This is Digital Download, a podcast that explores the latest thinking in digital communications, PR and social media. Here's your host, Paul Sutton. Welcome to the first episode of season four of the podcast, Chris. And today we're going to cover off something that has been on my mind almost relentlessly the past two or three months, I have to say. So I thought I'd make a great topic to kick this season off, which is all about Facebook and whether Facebook is approaching the end. What are your thoughts on on this as a broad topic? Yeah, I mean, gosh, Facebook has had a a week of it, hasn't it? A couple of weeks of it. I think they were called digital gangsters by the um, the government review. Indeed they were. And that report, I mean, it really didn't hold back, did it, it in terms of the implications for, you know, Facebook as a threat to democracy, operating with dark ads of, of manipulating data. It was, you know, it was a savaging and, you know, I'm not, I'm not really surprised given it felt like Facebook wasn't really cooperating with that review and and it was there for all to see on TV, and so that there, there was that, and then it, I think just in the last couple of days, there's been a whole um, investigation into the moderators on Facebook mm-hmm. and and the kind of trauma they go through, and 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 the the working conditions that they have. So it feels like Facebook is having a kind of corporate crisis on a, on a weekly basis at the moment. So so they they they're going through a hard time, but I think you know it, it's been a matter of years that that Facebook has been going through changes. And and as you pointed out numerous times when we when we've talked, does it have a future? What what's the future going to be for Facebook? And and I think we're at a kind of we're on the knife edge at the moment. I think what Facebook does from a, a corporate point of view is super important to it, whether it can survive and thrive. 
I think that it's still a, an amazingly effective marketing tool, and and we'll probably get onto that. Yeah. But I think that it's not going if it can't survive if if these corporate issues are going to bring it down, then you know that that'll be the end of Facebook, uh, and and we'll have we'll have something new in in its place. No, I think you're dead right, and I think this is actually quite complex as an issue because mm. yes there are the two sides of it there's the, the the personal use side and there is the the marketing side and they're not mutually exclusive that they interblend so dramatically mm. and i think i should say right up front here i am going to be contradicting myself so much as we talk through this for the next half hour or so because i am really confused about it i don't mind admitting that it feels like to me this parliamentary report is just the latest in really a long line of kind of bad news stories coming out about Facebook. And again, on both sides of, of the coin. I mean, even last year, so I was invited onto the Victoria Derbyshire show on, on TV to talk about the Cambridge Analytica stuff. And I said at the time, Facebook is so embedded in people's lives nowadays that it's going to take, I think, a big shift to get enough users to leave the platform to have, a, have an impact on Facebook. So is that laziness and habit then? Partly, yes. <laughs> I, I think it's ingrained in people now. My stance on that, I have to say, has softened an awful lot in the last year. This parliamentary report, just to sum up that for anyone who hasn't read the guts of it, so it was an 18-month investigation that they did, and they said that Facebook had deliberately broken privacy and competition law. And like you said, it accused Facebook of purposely obstructing the inquiry. It said that they didn't tackle the attempts by the Russians to manipulate elections well enough. It went as far as saying that democracy is at risk. Mm. I mean, like you said, it's damning, isn't it? I started using Facebook, you know, I was just out of university, I think, when it was kind of coming to the fore. And and it was really exciting and there was tons of content going on there and everyone who was, was anyone kind of was seeming seemed to be kind of dropping MySpace yeah. and, and going onto Facebook. Yeah. And it seemed cool and it seemed friendly and it seemed all about, you know, and, and I think my experience with it at the time kind of reflects everyone else's that we just didn't see what was no. going on in the background and just how savage a machine that Facebook is in terms of collecting that data. I mean, this is the thing. Facebook is, it's a B2C service, but it's a B2B business. Yeah. It sells, it collects and it sells data. And the degree to which it collects that data is staggering. I think there's, there's a, an inquiry in New York just kicked off as well um, because they've seen that the degree to which it collects data from other apps on your phones as well. You, you know, constantly, this is a thing, constantly overstepping the mark in terms of, of um, data collection mm -hmm. because data is a, perhaps the most valuable commodity. You know, everyone keeps saying data is the new oil. But just going back to things like, just from a consumer point of view, it feels like in my world of marketing and everything that Facebook just isn't very cool anymore, that, you know, no one my age uses it. The younger people in the office wouldn't go anywhere near Facebook. Um, and I'm more likely to see like my mom and my auntie, <laughs> like sending pictures yep. of each other from when they were kids, you know, just, it's old. It seems like older generations are using Facebook. And, and only a few years ago, you know, I was using Facebook ads and delivering content on Facebook to such a, a staggering yeah. degree of efficiency. It changed the PR industry massively, being able to serve up content and use Facebook and, and other social platforms. It's still brilliantly effective because obviously Facebook aren't stupid. They see the trends changing and they've 
gone and got the ultimate insurance policy, which is mm-hmm. Instagram and WhatsApp, and they'll be using those. And, and we know how Facebook uses data, but you know, Insta's the same, and we, you you know we can deliver content through through Insta, and it, it's a slight change in the type of stuff that you serve up, but you know it's still incredibly effective. So I think in, in terms of a marketing tool, it's still very good. It's just the fact that perhaps it's too good in in terms of how it can be used for nefarious means, and and primarily this stuff about influencing yeah, elections yeah. and threatening democracy. And that's going to bring, as we've seen, that's going to bring regulation. And regulation is going to come, and, and, and who knows how that will tie the hands of, of Facebook and make them less profitable and less effective. Yeah, I think as well, when you talk about the marketing side still being effective and efficient, I, I agree to a point, mm. but from my perspective, I'm seeing nowhere near the sorts of results that I was a year ago, say. And I think there are reasons for that, and and we're going to talk about that. So let, let's let's kind of split this up. Let, let's talk about the personal side of things first, because I, I mean, I totally get Facebook is a business to business platform in terms of the business, and we're here to talk essentially about the marketing side. But like I said, these these cross over so heavily, and at the end of the day, if people don't use Facebook, then there is no product. So from the personal side, I don't think it's any great secret that personal usage of Facebook is down pretty much across the board. I, I do workshops all the time. And I, I typically, when I'm talking about Facebook, ask people in the room, you know, are you using Facebook the same or more or less? And it's always, always less. Mm-hmm. Now, people think they don't use Facebook. And I don't think that is true because I haven't seen the latest monthly active user stats, but I would be quite surprised if there is much of a dent in them. Because over the period of a month, to log in once or twice, mm, yeah. you know, you're going to do it. But what I have observed, and I think this is pretty common knowledge, is that you don't or people aren't using Facebook as much. You used to go in and check it, I don't know, three or four times a day. Most people will check it once a day or once every two or three days. And, and, and a lot of people are, are not at all on that anymore. I include myself in that. I still have my profile and actually I kind of need it for, for business reasons, for work, mm-hmm. but I don't use it. I don't look at the news feed hardly ever now, but I would still be classed as an, an active user. Yeah. I mean, when's the last time you kind of went onto Facebook and spent 20 minutes, 30 minutes looking at people's well, content exactly. and, and chatting away? Into, because this stuff's all, it's all gone to, it's gone to WhatsApp, it's gone to Discord, I mean, that's where I kind of hang around in social. I have kind of private conversations yeah. now rather than kind of on forums or or just openly, you know, discussing stuff. I'm the same. I, I keep my Facebook profile primarily to, to stay in touch with kind of older relatives a little bit and see what's going on there. And then, yeah, to have a profile to be able to, you know, build ads and, and serve stuff up, ironically, mostly to Instagram, <laughs> not to Facebook. This is it. <laughs> this whole switch to dark social, though, dark social being, like you say, messaging platforms and private groups and, and things. I mean, that has been a trend for quite a while, a couple of years. But it now, I mean, it's really kind of biting now. People just don't want to share every detail of their lives anymore. We've, we've kind of got, I don't know if bored of it's the right word, or we're more wary of the data we're giving away i don't know what it is but it's not a behavior that is that common anymore at least not on facebook yeah i I mean i think it's it's partly a fashion thing isn't it that facebook fell out of fashion and wasn't cool anymore and then it's just 
working to what users and consumers want and and they want those kind of smaller intimate groups to chat in you know i've got a group that talks about middlesbrough football club i've got a group that talks about gaming i've got a poker group that i I chat to and then i've got kind of old friends from school and it allows me to just compartmentalize everything and and then this little spurts of activity on those little groups and maybe it's just the next evolution of how we kind of do meet social media now i think people got cynical to the amount of data that Facebook was taking, but you know, Facebook owns WhatsApp and the, the text going into those messages. I mean, I, I'm sure that that stuff is being used to great effectiveness in terms of being able to package that data up and sell it to other companies. So again, it's not as transparent because we we know the inner workings of Facebook and how and, and how it all works. It, exactly how Facebook might be using WhatsApp. You know that that's another question, and maybe that'll come to the forefront in in the next few years, or or maybe it won't because as we're seeing all of this regulation clamp down on Facebook, if if they fall as a as a corporate entity, and I think what fifty percent was wiped off the stock in a matter of weeks last year when you know they were at the height of the crisis, so who's to say whether they you know survive as a, a corporate entity or not? Yeah, it's interesting when you talk about WhatsApp because. I know the answer to this. Facebook would say that they do not harvest data from WhatsApp because they say it's encrypted. Uh, we can't see the data sort of thing. Personally, I think that's utter bullshit. <laughs> and I wouldn't have said that a year or two ago, but I just don't trust them anymore. Yeah, this is a real problem, isn't it, for Facebook, that very important stakeholders in, in government don't believe them anymore. The public are finding it difficult to to believe what they say that's threatening them as a, as a corporate organization and i think that's why facebook group no, not just the platform but all of all of the tools and social media platforms it owns they'll thrive or survive depending on how they can navigate this corporate crisis that they get, they're going through yeah. right now and they they need to rebuild trust and it needs to be more than just the ad campaign that we saw last year and the sorry letters in in the newspapers it needs to be more sustained and it basically needs to boil down to them doing the right thing and, and the and the positive stories of their kind of hopeful evolution being being told over the next year or so in, in response to this crackdown. Uh, yeah, I totally agree. You know, you can put out in any crisis situation, you can put out, you can say sorry a billion times. Yes, it helps. But the only thing that really makes an impact is changing and changing your behaviour and changing the way we deal with, with things. And in this case, we're talking about data and people. And, you know, like you said earlier, every other week there seems to be something happening. And it's just eroding that trust slowly, slowly, slowly. But there comes a tipping point where people have just had enough. And, I, you know, speaking personally, I reached that point, like I said, shortly before Christmas, not that long ago, but just made a decision, I'm not going to use Facebook anymore. I just don't trust them. So when this this all, you know, the calls for regulation and things come out, that wasn't a tipping point for me because I'd already reached it. But for other people, it will have been. Mm. And the longer this goes on, the, the more damaging it will be for them. O- on that subject, so I think you're in kind of broad agreement with me on that. And it's, it's probably difficult to, to argue against it, actually. But when it comes to their kind of corporate reputation and the fact that a lot of people don't trust them anymore... Do you think there is an ethical dilemma that people like you and me, marketers, should be having or are having, I don't know, with whether we should even be using Facebook or advising clients to use Facebook for whether it's communities or ads or whatever it is? Do you think there is a genuine ethical dilemma that we face with that? I think there could be. And again, 
this whole this whole issue of, of, of Facebook and the trust erosion, look, they've been they've become totemic of the harm that social media does, of a divided society, of corporate greed, of tax dodging, of data manipulation, of fair value of data, of breach of privacy. I mean, these are pretty much the biggest issues of the 21st century, the early 21st century. And Facebook are effectively the villain in that regard. And so there's only so much harm you can do to your corporate reputation before you start to see brands, customers, people, consumers walk away. And I think we're kind of in the heart of the storm right Mm -hmm. now. And I don't think it's too late for Facebook. I think that they can still bounce back from this. I think if they work with regulators, if they, you know, rework a lot of their business models, but it it needs to be kind of heartfelt and proper change. It it can't be, I don't think that, that there's any way you can spin your way or advertise your way out of this. They need a kind of complete transformation and they've got the resources to do that. You know, the one of the you know largest companies in the world by market cap and you know, to a degree, it's in everyone's interest that Facebook doesn't absolutely collapse akin to the kind of too big to fail banks. Yeah, you know, yeah. Our pensions and our investments are probably, you know, <laughs> wrapped up in Facebook. So we don't want the thing to fall over <laughs> immediately. But yes, on a serious note, they've just got a massive mountain to climb. And I think that so do tech CEOs generally, you know, they're, they're kind of like the oil barons of the of the 21st century, aren't they? They're, you know, they, they call for less state intervention they kind of look to find monopolies and, and and again all of this stuff they need to change the ways i think because regulation's going to clamp down on on them in a big way if, if not and 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 so the short answer is if facebook can't change and can't transform then i think it it will go the way of the dodo and in 10 years time we'll look back and see it as a kind of blip yeah it's interesting you say about heartfelt change as well it, i i read only i don't know two or three days ago that mark zuckerberg has finally agreed to come to the uk to talk to people about this when he's steadfastly refused to do so in the past and there have been i don't know seven eight nine ten countries requesting that he come and talk to them about what's happening with facebook and he just won't do it and it's this kind of arrogance of we are so big now we're untouchable well Maybe you might be so big, but I don't think they're untouchable anymore because people will move away from the platform, like I say, if trust goes too far. Yeah, and I think it kind of leads to another issue of of kind of people, as people realise that their data has value as well. I mean, we're working with an interesting company at the moment, actually, who are designing a system to reward users for sharing their data and not only doing so in a you know, in a fair way where there's a kind of marketplace for their data and buyers and sellers, you know, reach an equilibrium in terms of the value that that, that data has. And there's a, a kind of fair value exchange. I think people are, are, are happy to share their data if there is some sort of value for them. But but more importantly, you know, I don't mind my data being used for marketing purposes. It's when it's the dark ads, the micro-targeted stuff and and when these companies hold my data and t- and send it off around the world and I don't know what's happened to it and and so this is why companies like the one we're working with they're looking at, at using blockchain to make sure that the the data can be accessed on a macro scale and analyzed but the individual names addresses phone numbers bank balances and all of that stuff can't be you know accessed and taken and manipulated so it's interesting that I, I think we're probably going to see an evolution in terms of 
of uh, of data marketplace and kind of value of data in, in the coming years as, as people realize that it, it is a valuable commodity. Facebook effectively, you know, Google, Facebook have ridden the wave of, of getting data very cheaply. And that's why they're the biggest companies in the world. So when th- that, that kind of comes back the other way, maybe they'll continue their stranglehold, maybe they won't, but that's, that's, uh, that's an interesting thing to see. When you talk about data and, and micro-targeting as well, it's one thing that I've noticed from an advertising perspective. So I do a lot of different ad campaigns for, for different clients on various things. And traditionally, Facebook has been always always the 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 best performing ads whether you try and run across different things i am finding now that advertising it is still effect this is one of those contradictions it is still effective don't get me wrong and i still get some great results from it but it is no longer as effective as it used to be because the targeting options you have in facebook now are not those micro targeted options that you've had previously as you as you point out because they've had to clamp down because of the privacy issue and my perspective is that facebook ads themselves are no longer as effective as they were and i'll give you an example i um have a client who or i did have a client that was running some they're they're a sleep clinic basically it's a micro business tiny business i was running some facebook ads for them and these facebook ads just were not performing now there there could have been in terms of so i I was able to get the clicks on the ads not a problem i don't think that's ever a problem with facebook ads actually i was able to get the clicks using the targeting that i could do but that was not converting further down the line into business which in this case was an online sleep course for insomnia Mm there are various reasons why that could be i mean it could be down to the offer itself it could be the landing page was poor it could be i mean it could be loads of things but one thing that i observed from as much as i could do to this was that the targeting options i could use were not perhaps as tight as i would have liked or have used in the past are you finding a similar thing or is that just a a personal experience to me no, I'm I'm seeing a, a similar thing, and and especially when you are looking at trying to reach audiences that would have typically been on Facebook in the past. So I, I think it's a, a combination of what you're talking about that that the targeting is more difficult. There's not the same degree of options mm-hmm. as as you used to have in terms of serving up those ads or putting that content out there. But I also think that there's an issue with the platform in terms of you know going back to what we were saying 20 minutes ago that. There's just not the sustained usage there. Mm-hmm. So I think that Facebook is probably finding it difficult to serve up those ads. But then you look at Instagram, which those ads can run across as well. Yep. But Instagram is is a different beast to Facebook. And the way that people is. interact with Facebook, which was kind of a... So I think about four years ago or something when we were doing... When we were starting to use Facebook to, to deliver campaigns as a kind of standard practice... We used to be able to get away with kind of 30 second video executions. Yeah. And the idea of doing a 30 second now is just bonkers. Yeah. And actually, it's gone to the point where because Instagram is the platform that is more effective at, ser- at, at kind of serving up these ads, then you've got to think about, well, what's the user experience on Instagram? And it's very fast and very, you know, move through various images and you'll see flashes of ads. So you really don't have the same degree of attention that Facebook used to give you. So as you say, Facebook and Instagram are still really effective marketing routes for us. 
but you, but you're right that they're not they're not as good as they used to be. I think, and um, I, I think that's where marketers have taken things into their own hands and, and worked with micro influencers and gone direct to those people for more kind of deeper engagement relationships. Now that's a whole different kettle of fish, isn't it? Because we know that there's all there's controversy surrounding that because a lot yes. of these influencers weren't being entirely transparent about what what was an ad and what wasn't. And I think you know on Instagram that's that's a particular problem. Yeah. But it, it it kind of shows that the tactics that we've used over the years have they've kind of been driven by what's effective and and we've moved from kind of longer form content on Facebook being the big thing like now to kind of more building relationships with, with influencers that mm-hmm. a degree of paid for a degree of not paid for a degree of reaching out to people who are that things are very relevant for and they have influence but it, it might not be a paid relationship it might just be finding that sweet spot of of where a brand or an organization has a lot in common with an influencer so i think that things are things are evolving quite quickly and and it i mean that's that's the nature of our job isn't it it's to be on top of what's effective what's working how people are thinking how people are you know, digesting stories and brands. So that's why I love working in the field that we work in because you kind of got to stay on the ball and, and evolve with with the changing landscape. You do have very much so. And I mean, it does change all the time. I mean, like I say, I'm talking about things only a year ago and how my own opinion of Facebook has changed in 12 months so dramatically. You know, yeah. you can go on TV and defend it after Cambridge Analytica and then a year later I'm recording a podcast effectively saying how crap it is that's how things change well you mentioned they're using facebook in non-paid reasons again something i read just last week there was a social social benchmarking report they'd done a big study um over numerous a, a large number of facebook pages and it showed that engagement on posts was down by 50 percent in just 12 months which I mean, I knew that because, you know, I run Facebook pages, but I didn't realise quite how significant that was. And that this this particular report, which I'll put a link in the show notes, breaks it down by industry as well, which is quite interesting. Again, I, I find myself in this real dilemma at the moment, and I try to keep each client separate, and I treat each client I have, and I look at their audience, and I look at the way they use social media, and, and so I don't apply blanket rules, but... Whereas in the past, I would have pretty much nailed on Facebook as a as a platform they should be using. I now find myself in a real dilemma all the time. Again, case in point, I'm working with um, a global renewable energy company, and they've historically had a couple of sort of Facebook pages across different territories. And I've been saying to them as, as part of putting together their social media strategy, well, maybe Facebook just isn't the place for you anymore. Mm. Because yeah. I'm not sure it's effective. And effectively, we, we've agreed that we're going to give it a three-month trial of really hammering at it and doing it really properly. And if it doesn't work in those three months, then it's going to get cut and it will go. And, and again, that is something I cannot imagine myself having said just two years ago. Do you think Facebook has a role as a community platform anymore from a business perspective? Or... Is it just, as we have been saying, an ad platform now? Uh, yeah, I mean, going back to what I was saying about kind of influencer relations and and kind of community relations from, from a brand point of view, I, I don't think Facebook is very good at yeah. all. And as you said... Yeah, five years ago, you'd kind of you'd kind of advise, and and this has gone with this is kind of mirrored the fact that there's just not that much engagement on the platform as there used to yeah. be. 
you you tell your clients that a Facebook page was a must, and now I think I, I know we're, we're going to generalize because that's yeah, yeah. that's useful. My my kind of go to position is probably not to to have a Facebook page for a lot of a lot of the brands, and I just I'm just not sure how much people really want to engage on Facebook. There's other routes that they they can yeah. do. Um, I think I think Twitter has lasted a little bit better than Facebook in that sense. I think their engagement rates have kind of were never to the dizzying heights that Facebook achieved, but they've kind of stayed stayed up there. And I think that it's just because it's a kind of you know micro blogging that everything has to be concise. It it works better for, for that regard and for kind of community management and and kind of reaching out to people. So yeah, I, I'd agree with you. I, I think that Facebook's probably had its day in that sense. To a degree it because the engagement and the volume on platforms like Facebook aren't there, there was there was once a kind of school of thought that you needed a Facebook page and you needed content on there from an SEO point yes. of view. And there's just not that much evidence to suggest that that social does a great deal for for SEO. No, absolutely. It's it's correlated, isn't it? You you have a correlation between good SEO and and social, but there's not an actual impact, you know. Mm. Okay, I could talk about this all day actually because it is so, like I said, it is so complex. But we're kind of out of time, so let's just go back to where we started with this podcast. And the question that I kind of put at the start was: Is this the beginning of the end for Facebook? You said you think it's on a knife edge. I would agree with you. I don't think that is a necessarily a yes, no, easy answer question. But what's your gut feel? I think it's really difficult to say. I think that it kind of goes down to how much of this unethical behavior that, that Facebook has partaken in. How deep does it go into the organization? And is it a possible, you know, is it possible that they can recover from that and change as an organization? in order to overcome the corporate issues that they that they have and survive as a business. I have less of an issue with Facebook as a platform and, and the engagement dropping off because I think that's a, a business, uh, a navigable business issue that you can move to another platform, you can change with consumers. It, it goes to the core of, of Facebook as a company and, it, and its corporate ethics and the way it behaves over the coming six to 12 months, whether, whether it will survive. So... My gut instinct says it, it can change and it it can reinvent itself and and Facebook as a as a corporation can carry on being a powerful you know player in in our world of, of marketing and, and the world it occupies and, and it will continue and if it can do that it can continue to be an effective marketing platform albeit probably not through Facebook itself. It's funny that the corporation of Facebook and the actual platform of Facebook are, are two two very different things. Yeah, yeah. I am going to be a bit braver and say that I think I could see Facebook, the platform, not the corporation, the platform mm. of Facebook being far less important, far less dominant than it is now. I personally do think that this is probably the beginning of the end of Facebook's dominance. I don't know what's coming next. I mean, it would suggest that it's some kind of dark community system. And there are, there are sort of these, these platforms popping up now where you can create your own private communities. Maybe it's something along those lines, but I just can't see Facebook surviving it personally. But we'll see, I guess. We will see. We'll come back in five years and we'll um, we'll see how we get on. Yeah, I think, I think I'd certainly agree on that last point. As a platform, I can't see 
I can't see Facebook still being around in five years' time, but I can certainly see the next Instagram or the next what have you being owned by Facebook right. and being very popular. One one thing I'd add to, to this whole conversation is that what Facebook did, which was brilliant, was it allowed any person to suddenly become a marketer. Yeah. And it made advertising very, very understandable and easy. And it's enabled a whole generation of people to to market themselves better and i think they'll take all of those learnings in, into you know insta and the next social platform or the next thing that they create they're very good at making it very making it easy to spend money and actually that money being spent effectively yeah they've done a very good a good job of that and and for the pr industry that's brought a brilliant thing that of being able to be accountable to our campaigns yeah where you know when i first started in pr you could do the dreaded AVE and circulation and all of this stuff. I mean, you couldn't actually demonstrate a pure impact on the business. Now we've got, we write award entries with click-through rates and cost per click and sales driven by these channels. And we can really, when we have a really good idea and it's delivered well, we've got all of that data to back things up. So it's been a revolution for my industry. And I, and I think that that's instilled a kind of momentum with a bit, with PRs and marketers to to kind of carry on diving into these um, into these platforms and, and and pushing messages and content through them, so I think that that will certainly carry on. So yeah, bye bye Facebook um, in five <laughs> years time, but, but who knows what the next next thing's going to be and 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 how it, how we get our heads around marketing through it. Yeah, absolutely. Okay, fantastic. Well, listen, thank you for for joining me on this day. It's it it's it's a really interesting area. Where can people find you online if they want to talk to you further? Best place to find me is um, on Facebook. No, I'm kidding. Um, Blackwood <laughs> underscore C um, on Twitter is the the kind of one I use the most. Or you can drop you can drop us a little message on our Insta, which is um, which is at third uh, at third city. So um, just search for us, and um, you can either speak to to the agency Third City or, or drop me a note on Twitter, and happy to happy to carry on the conversation because I mean this is the thing when you come on and you say let's have half an hour to talk about Facebook it's such a big topic it's, yeah, it it's kind of amorphous and all-encompassing so I'm, I'm glad we kind of covered a few of the bases it, it was a really interesting chat yeah thank you very much appreciate it cheers thanks Paul since Chris and I recorded this show there have been several updates in a story that is obviously going to run and run First, Facebook has promised the launch of a clear history privacy tool later this year, which on the face of it is great news for users. But from an advertiser's perspective, the targeting will probably become even less effective if it has less data to use. And then over the weekend, a story broke in The Guardian about how Facebook has targeted legislators and politicians around the world, promising investments and incentives while seeking to pressure them into lobbying on Facebook's behalf against data privacy legislation. The New York Times also reported that Facebook is in talks with cryptocurrency exchanges about the launch of a Facebook coin before the summer. Now, given all the ethical and trust issues, would you buy Facebook coin? Check out the links in the show notes for details of all of these stories. You can subscribe to Digital Download on iTunes, Google Podcasts or wherever else you get your podcasts. And if you've got any ideas for future topics you'd like to see covered or people you'd like to hear from, contact me on Twitter where I'm at the Paul Sutton. Thank you for listening.